بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل على محمد وعلى ال محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم الهمنا مراشد امورنا واعذنا من شرور انفسنا yesterday we spoke a bit about good company and we spoke about who is a good companion we spoke about who was a bad companion and we spoke about the benefits of staying with good company we spoke about the harms of staying with bad company and just finishing this up it's mentioned لا تصاحب الا مؤمنا ولا ياكل طعامك الا تقي i mentioned i was going to continue this one should only keep the company of a believer and only someone whose pious should be eating your food only someone whose pious should be eating your food scholars mention one one benefit of the pious eating your food they mentioned that when a person eats a haram morsel of food then the effect of that haram morsel of food it stays in one's body for 40 days in tirmidhi it's mentioned that a person who drinks an intoxicant his duas aren't accepted for 40 days because they say that's how long it remains in one person's body so if we understand haram food to be like that then haram food will affect the spirituality of a person for 40 days so then if a person he were to feed someone else and that person happens to be a pious person then it's hoped that that food will also remain in that person's system for 40 days and all of the ibadat and all of the spiritual actions and the good deeds that he performs that will also be credited into the person who fed him in his account just a bit about dua because we were speaking about dua a person's dua is not accepted for 40 days nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam he mentions a scene he's speaking to the sahaba and he's describing a person his hair is disheveled his body is covered with dust he just traveled he came to the kaaba he's grabbing onto the kaaba he's crying to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he's making very strong and powerful dua to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam so everyone who was present who would be present would think that this person's dua if anybody's person if anyone's dua would be accepted it would be this person's dua if anyone's dua would be accepted it would be this person's dua he has all of the apparent qualifications but then nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said anna yustajabula anna yustajabula you say that when that that phrase in arabic is used for someone who's trying to find a way to make something work like i'm trying this solution this solution this solution but i can't find a way like there's no way his dua is going to get accepted and then he says while he's eating haram food 
His clothing is from haram sources. His income is from haram sources. He's drinking haram things. Anna yustajabula. How can like impossible? May Allah Subhanahu wa Taala protect us from this. When many people, you have people, you get people, for example, who are very punctual about their salah. Like no matter what, no matter what situation, I'm going to pray my salah. You you see people like that. Like you're traveling with some people and then in the airport, it doesn't matter how many people, they will put down their musalla. It doesn't matter on the plane, they're going to pray. Like you have people like that, like no matter what happens, we have to pray salah. You have people who you know, they might say that about zakah, we have to give our sadaqah, we have to give zakat, we have to fast. But then very few people do you find who say, I have to make dua. We understand salah to be fard. But then very few, few people understand dua to be fard. In the classroom of fiqh, you know, what's halal and what's haram? What can you let go? What do you have to do? What don't you have to do? We'll say, yeah, okay, fine. You know, if you don't make dua, then it's fine. It's not fard, quote unquote. But then in the classroom of tasawwuf, in the classroom of spirituality, in the classroom of just being a better Muslim, it's not even a question. The question would be, what are you even talking about? How can you not make dua? Because the barometer or the yardstick of a person's iman, meaning like you, we ask ourselves individually, how much iman do I have at the current time? If a person wants to know, then all he has to do is he has to check how much dua am I making to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because the amount of dua what is dua? dua you're asking dua shows that you need something so then if a person is not asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he's not asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that means he doesn't need anything if he doesn't need anything that means he's independent if he's independent that means he doesn't he's not a servant and so forth and so on. So when we're talking about this and we're asking like, it's not a question about fard or sunnah or anything like that. It's how can you not make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Like this is our only job to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in Surah Al-Furqan, the last ayah, قُلْ مَا يَعْبَأُ بِكُمْ رَبِّي دُعَاؤُكُمْ If it wasn't for your dua, if it wasn't for the dua you make to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wouldn't even care about you. Addu'a'u mukhul ibadah. In another narration, addu'a'u huwal ibadah. That dua is the essence of worship. The way they say, al-hajju arafah. Al-hajju arafah. Like hajj is standing on arafah. If a person, he goes through hajj, but he couldn't do anything else. But if he got his Arafah, he got his Hajj. If he didn't get his Arafah, he didn't get his Hajj. If someone falls sick in Hajj, he can't do any of the other rites and rituals of Hajj. If he's sick, he's in the hospital. He came to do Hajj. They will take him, drive him to Arafah, stay there for a little bit, come back, 
and then his hajj is complete otherwise his hajj is not even complete al hajju arafa hajj is arafa ad duaa huwa al ibada we talk about worshiping allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dua is worship dua is ibada allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says innal ladhina yastakbiruna an ibadati same word ad duaa huwa al ibada dua is ibada Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ عَنْ عِبَادَتِي سَيَدَخُلُونَ جَهَنَّمَ دَاخِرِينَ Those people who are too proud to make dua, too proud to do my ibadah, سَيَدَخُلُونَ جَهَنَّمَ دَاخِرِينَ They'll go straight to the fire of Jahannam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. So dua is... Very powerful And dua is the weapon of a believer And We heard this before That the law of the world is The law of the world is The more you ask someone for something The more irritated they get with you The first time you ask them Second time you ask them They get annoyed But then The law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is if you don't ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala becomes angry if you don't ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala becomes angry may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to give the tawfiq um, and the ability to constantly make dua the reason I mention this is because there was a beautiful dua that I wanted to explain here that Ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates he says كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يكاد يقوم من مجلسه that Nabi almost never got up from a gathering without making these du'as this, this portion I'll read it once and then we'll go through it line by line inshallah however much time we have Allahumma qasim lana min khashyatik ma yahulu bihi ma yahulu baynana wa bayna ma'asik wa min ta'atika ma tuballiwuna bihi rahmatak wa min al-yaqini ma tuhawinu bihi alayna musibat al-dunya wa matti'na Allahumma bi asma'ina wa absarina wa quwatina ma ahyaytana wa ja'alhu al-waritha minna wa ja'al tha'rana ala man zalamana wa ansurna ala man a'adana wa la taj'al musibatana fi dinina wa la taj'al al-dunya akbar ahammina wa la mablaga ilmina there's different versions. I mean, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept these du'as. The first sentence Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions Allahumma qsim lana min khashyatik. Allahumma qsim lana min khashyatik. Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we're all supposed to have fear. We're all supposed to have fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, grant us that much fear. Like fill our limbs with that much fear Which becomes a means of us not falling into sin It becomes a hijab or a barrier from us falling into sin Because if you have too little fear If you have not enough fear Then that's what incites a person to do sin And if you have too much fear Then that start, starts becoming waswasa I can't pray, I can't do anything because you know, it's not going to be accepted. Will Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ever forgive me? You start losing out on your dunya, family time gets affected. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, just that right amount, iqsim lana min khashyatik ma yahulu bihi baynana wa bayna ma'asik. 
وَمِن طَاعَتِكَ مَا تُبَلِّغُنَا بِهِ رَحْمَتَكَ O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the ability to perform such righteous acts that will enter us into your paradise, will enter us into Jannah. وَمِنَ الْيَقِينِ مَا تُهَوِّنُ بِهِ عَلَيْنَا مَصَائِبَ الدُّنْيَا In this narration, مُصِيبَاتِ الدُّنْيَا Give us that amount of belief and yaqeen which makes the disasters of this world easy for us. Every single person is going through some type of problem. No matter how rosy it looks on the outside, no matter how rich they may look on the outside, no matter how happy they may look on the outside, every single individual person is going through problems and difficulties. Sometimes what happens is the difficulty might be so difficult that a person ends up doing or saying things that he is not supposed to do. This is a very famous problem. It's called the problem of evil, like we heard before many times, especially in Darul Salam. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves us so much, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so merciful, why does He allow such suffering to happen? I don't want to go into that. I mean, there's been a lot of seminars and everything. But just, you see these, these questions in themselves. Why do, why do they arise? What, what's the, why do we get caught up in these questions? about, you know, is this really fair? Is it really like this? Etc., etc. There's a, it's an entire category of questions. How could Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala let this happen? This doesn't make any sense. Things like that. We have to understand one thing, that as Muslims, we believe in something called the Akhirah. And these questions are coming from the mind of someone who doesn't believe in the akhirah, doesn't believe in the hereafter. So if, hypothetically speaking, this is not the case obviously, but if there was such a system where these laws and everything applied and there was no akhirah, then maybe that would make sense to them. But we have the whole concept of akhirah. In Surah Al-Safat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, about two friends because we're talking about good company. Inni kana li qareen. That when the people of Jannah will be in Jannah and they'll be talking and they'll be reclining on their pulpits of Nur and their sofas, they'll be talking, just having conversation. One person will say, Inni kana li qareen. I used to have a friend. In the dunya, Yaqul, he used to say, he used to always say, "Ainnaka la min al musaddiqin." It's like, do you really believe? Aida mitna wa kunna turaban, wa idaman ainna la mabruuthun. Do you really think when we die and we become dust, we're going to get resurrected? Yaqulu ainnaka la min al musaddiqin. أَإِذَا مِتْنَا وَكُنَّا تُرَابًا وَإِنَّا لَمَبْعُوثُونَ وَإِنَّا لَمَدِينُونَ 
So this was a scene mentioned in Surah Al-Safat. The ayah, the ayahs are escaping me at the moment, but it continues. Someone, that person who is remembering his friend, is going to be asked. These are the next few ayahs. قَالَ هَلْ أَنْتُمْ مُطَّلِعُونَ Do you want to see what the state of that person is now? مُطَّلِعُونَ فَاطَّلَعَ فَرَآهُ فِي سَوَاءِ الْجَحِيمِ When he checks on him and he peeks, he'll see that that person who was saying that, he'll be in Jahannam, in the fires. قَالَ هَلْ أَنْتُمْ مُطَّلِعُونَ فَاطَّلَعَ فَرَآهُ فِي سَوَاءِ الْجَحِيمِ قَالَ تَاللَّهِ إِنْ كِتَّ لَتُرْدِينَ May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us from that. So, وَمِنَ الْيَقِينِ مَا تُهَوِّنُ بِهِ عَلَيْنَا مَصَائِبَ الدُّنْيَا These kuffar, they don't believe in the akhirah. Whereas Muslims, we believe in the akhirah. We believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We believe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just as He is Ar-Rahim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also the one who punishes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also the just. So everything will be, all the accounts will be settled on the day of Qiyamah. عَجَبًا لِأَمْرِ الْمُؤْمِنِ إِنَّ أَمْرَهُ كُلَّهُ لَهُ خَيْرٍ وَلَيْسَ ذَلِكَ لِيَحَدٍ إِلَّا لِمُؤْمِنِ Beautiful hadith. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, the, I mean a believer, his situation is always amazing how is it always amazing if something good happens to him he says alhamdulillah he does shukr that's going to be better for him if something bad happens to him he makes sabr that's also better for him so whatever situation happens to us we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if he's putting us through any trial any test we're being rewarded for it the pangs of hunger that we suffer during the fasting throughout the day we're getting rewarded, rewarded for it even a thorn prick, something as small as a thorn prick, we're getting rewarded for it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in one hadith in Abu Dawood, it's mentioned, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions that a person, he has a place predestined for him already in Jannah. But that person's deeds, they're not enough to guarantee that place. This is Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying what's happening in the back end. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentions that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala tests him in this dunya and through those tests he elevates his stages so that he can reach his desired place, that destined place for him. So may Allah, so we ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala for afiyah and not to test us but still give us the highest stages of Jannatul Firdaus. وَمَتِّعْنَا بِأَسْمَاعِنَا وَأَبَصَارِنَا وَقُوَّاتِنَا مَا أَحْيَيْتَنَا وَجَعَلْهُ الْوَارِثَ مِنَّا This is a dua for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala too. Allow us to have Grant us our hearing and our eyesight And our strength for as long as you keep us alive May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Grant us this dua Keep us our eyes healthy Our ears healthy And everything Our strength and our body healthy As long as we're alive وَجَعَلْ ثَأْرَنَا عَلَى مَنْ ظَلَمَنَا وَنْصُرْنَا عَلَى مَنْ عَادَانَا وَلَا تَجْعَلْ مُصِيبَتَنَا فِي دِينِنَا I'm just skipping for the sake of time. O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, do not allow any calamity to befall us on our deen. Do not allow any calamity to befall us on our deen. 
Don't make the dunya the greatest of our worries. Wala And don't make dunya the only thing that we know about. These are very powerful du'as. When if you think about it, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in Surah Al-Dhariyat We have not created mankind or jinn except for his worship Okay His worship Worship What's worship? If we want to really simplify everything, everything, what's worship? Meaning when a person's Muslim, worship means you do something Right, so staying away from sins is a form of worship, but that, that's not exactly what I'm talking about. Because staying away from sins, you're staying away from something. You're not doing something. Like, okay, don't drink alcohol, don't eat pork. Yeah, we're staying away from it, but we're not. There's nothing to do. It's something to leave out. But something to do is okay. Give sadaqah, give zakat, do this, do that. This is do not do. So the do not do things that's already there. But then what as a Muslim, what do we actually have to do? I mean if you think about it, right? There's a lot of nawafil that we have to do. Do we have to do them? Have to? I'm talking about like what do you have to do? So then you'll say we have to do the five pillars. Okay. What are the five pillars? Iman, Iman, inshallah we all have Iman in our hearts. Alhamdulillah, we all have iman in our hearts. So we always do that. Then, hajj. Hajj, nobody's doing hajj right now. Hajj is a very specific season. So we don't have to do hajj. Okay, zakat, you do it once a year. But like, what, what about now? Now. This is the month of Ramadan, so we have to fast. So we're fasting. What about outside of the month of Ramadan? Can you, can you see what I'm saying? All of these pillars that we have to do Fard, 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 fard Hajj Is a specific time Zakat is a specific time Psalm, fasting is a specific time Iman is all the time But we don't feel it The only thing left that we have to do Is We have to pray our salah We have to always pray our salah so if you translate the verse like this, وَمَا خَلَقَتُ الْجِنَّةِ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Mankind and jinnat have not been created. The only reason why they were created is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, what does worship mean? Like filhal right now, what does worship mean? Worship means praise Allah. So the purpose of our existence, day-to-day, daily life, is to pray Salah. Does, it, does everybody understand what I'm trying to get at? If a person, he's praying his Salah, five times daily Salah, he's fulfilling his purpose. If a person is not praying his five times daily Salah, he is not fulfilling his purpose. So if a person is extremely successful in the dunya, very happy in the dunya, very much respect, 
buys whatever he wants, he does whatever he wants, but he's not praying his salah, then know very well that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not pleased with that person. There was a story our teacher told us that there was a lady and she used to have a parrot and she used to love the parrot very much and she would always give the parrot cheese. I guess parrots like cheese, but for the sake of the story, she used to always give the parrot cheese and the parrot used to always eat the cheese. So one day, you know, the mouse would see that the parrot's getting cheese and how much ikram and how much izzat and how much respect the parrot was getting. And then he saw the same lady also putting cheese in front of the mouse hole. And so the mouse started thinking to himself, like, subhanAllah, you know, I'm also getting so much respect. The lady of the house loves me. She's also giving me cheese the same way she's giving the parrot cheese. But then when he ate the cheese, then it was too late. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gives wealth and He gives prestige and honor. But just because a person has more wealth or a person has more prestige, it doesn't necessarily mean Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with them. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remains pleased with us and gives us afiyah. So the same way if a person everything is going wrong in terms of dunya everything is going everything is very difficult situation is difficult but he's fulfilling his purpose he's praying his salah then that person is successful in this world that person is successful in the akhirah awwalu ma yuhasabu bihi abdun yawm al-qiyamah as-salah the first thing that will be questioned and asked about and taken into account of is going to be salah. If salah is correct, everything else is going to be correct. If salah is not correct, everything else will not be correct. So, وَلَا تَجْعَلْ مُصِيبَتَنَا فِي دِينِنَا Don't make calamities befall our deen. Maybe every day we would be praying Fajr Salah on time. Everything is great. And then we get a new job. The new job pays so much more, but it requires extra work. That extra work now, we have to go to sleep a bit late. Waking up for Fajr becomes a bit difficult. Just examples, but we can apply this example everywhere else. وَلَا تَجْعَلِ الدُّنْيَا أَكْبَرَ هَمِّنَا وَلَا مَبْلَغَ عِلْمِنَا Don't make dunya our biggest worry. Meaning, we can't let dunya decide how we live our life. Our life shouldn't revolve around dunya. Our life should revolve around deen. But we find a person, he wakes up, she wakes up because they have work. They wake up because of work. But they might not wake up because of salah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. He stands up because of dunya. He sits down because of dunya. He makes friends because of dunya. He makes enemies because of dunya. He strengthens ties because of dunya. He cuts ties because of dunya. Which shouldn't be the case. وَلَا مَبْلَغَ عِلْمِنَا It shouldn't be the extent of our knowledge. How many, I mean, this is life, right? This is majority of people. How many years of school do we go to to study for the dunya? Twelve years, if you say the entire high school curriculum. Four years bachelor's. 
maybe two years masters. That's already 18, 20 years if someone wants a respectable position in the dunya. But we're not saying that's bad. And it's like, okay, yeah, do it. But the thing is going unprepared and being ill-prepared. Let me give you an example. If we had a state-of-the-art Muslim school, best Muslim school, highly educated teachers, very respected, everything parda, 100%, Islamic attire, Islamic habits, everybody has good adab, everybody prays on time, quality of the education is very high, one of the top schools in the state, etc. Nice, warm Muslim environment. And then if a non-Muslim, if a non-Muslim child were to enter that school and spend the formative years of his and spend 12 years, and if you were to spend 16 years in that Muslim school, would it be a surprise? Would anybody be surprised if that non-Muslim child at the end of his academic career inside the school if he says I want to become Muslim now everybody would say like of course obviously like duh you know he's going to become Muslim like how could you not like accept this beautiful religion of Islam it's so obvious but why then are we so shocked let me point to think about, consider why then are we so shocked if we send our children to secular education, quality secular education for 12 years, for 16 years, for 18 years and then at the end of their academic career if they decide to say I'm not Muslim anymore I mean it should be also just as obvious what worked in the past might not necessarily work now. The challenges are new. The challenges are different. More, more and more of our Muslim youth are losing their iman. When you have a child, or and the child, he's learning at that stage, in his beginning stage, and you show him a color, and you say, what color is this? He doesn't know what color it is. So you tell him, hey look, this color right here, this is called green. This is called green. When a child is at a blank slate, he doesn't know anything. And you say the wrong thing. Then the child is going to go up to everyone and he's going to, I mean, it's going to be hard-coded in his mind. He's going to go up to everyone and say, this is green, this is green, this is green. Everybody's going to try to tell him, that's not green, that's black. After a very long time, you'd have to convince him otherwise. So what happens is when a Muslim child, generally speaking, the education before entering university, the general public's knowledge of Islam before entering university is not that great. To be frank, so at this, the same way, they are like the blank slate of the child. 
whatever gets recorded first, that's what they're going to use as the standard to judge everything that's coming afterwards. Whatever, like he heard it from a non-Muslim professor, she heard it from a non-Muslim professor, that's going to be the default. Now the question is going to be pointed towards us. Why isn't it like this? Whereas if they properly learned what Islam was actually from the beginning, then they would be able to deflect those questions. But that's not happening anymore. And the situation is getting worse and worse. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect our youth. And then this cycle is going to continue. It's a vicious circle. I mean, we grow up, we study in university. Why do you study in university? You study in university so that you could get a good job. Why do you need a good job? So I can get married and provide for my family. They can live a comfortable life. Why do you want to do that? Because when we have kids, we want our kids to have a comfortable life. Why do you want your kids to have a comfortable life? So they can grow up, they can go to school for the same amount of years, so they can get a good job. So why do your kids want a good job? So they can have a good family. Why do they need a good family? They need a good family because, I mean, vicious circle, you have to get out of the circle. I mean, the dunya, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentions the value of the dunya, that it's not even equal to the wing of a mosquito. Okay, wing of a mosquito, right? How big is the wing of a mosquito? We can't even see it. If the entire dunya, we, we understand what dunya is, right? The concept of dunya. What's dunya? There's seven, sab'a samawat, seven heavens. The comparison of one heaven to the next heaven, like this dunya, all the universe, James Webb pictures, all of that, that's not seven heavens. Everything we know in this physical universe, that's called dunya. That's the lowest dunya. The actual word means dani. Dani or dunu. Dani means the lowest. I mean, you have Jannatul Firdos al a'la, like the highest. A'la, sabbihisma rabbika al a'la, the highest. So then, Jannatul Firdos is the highest. A'la, this is the lowest. This is called dunya. So then dunya, the size of the lowest heaven in relation to the heaven on top of it is like the size of a ring in a desert. And the relation of the second heaven in comparison to the third heaven is like a ring in a desert. Third heaven to fourth heaven, ring in a desert. You just understand the size. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that this entire dunya, everything we know in our physical universe, that we're going to discover, etc. All of that is one wing of a mosquito, not even like both wings, one wing of a mosquito. And then from that wing of a mosquito, you have to divide it equally. From the whole entire universe and galaxy, we have earth. If the whole thing is equal to one wing of a mosquito, I mean, what percentage is that of earth? And from the whole earth, like my house. 
and we're fighting and we're struggling for this one small piece of insignificant dunya. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow me first to accept the reality of this. Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, don't make the dunya our focus and our worry. Don't make the dunya the only thing we know. Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, allow us to practice upon what has been said and allow us to inculcate this dua in our duas. Inshallah, we'll do a bit of dhikr and we'll make dua. Inshallah, we'll go for iftar. Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, wala ilaha illallah, wallah, akbar. 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 Sallallahu ala Muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 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 Sallallahu ala Muhammad 
sallallahu alaihi wasallam sallallahu ala Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam sallallahu ala Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam sallallahu ala Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam sallallahu ala Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam sallallahu ala Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam astaghfirullah 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 Alhamdulillah rabbil alamin Allahumma antas salamu minka salam tabarak ta hadzal jalali wal ikram jazallahu anna sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam bima huwa ahlu rabbana zalamna anfusana wa lam taghfir lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna minal khasirin la ilaha illa anta subhanaka inna kunna minadh dhalimin rabbil hamhuma kama rabbayani saghira rabbil hamhuma kama rabbayani saghira rabbil hamhuma kama rabbayani saghira rabbana atina fid dunya hasanatan wa fil akhirati hasanatan wa qina adhaban nar wa qina adhaban qabr wa qina adhaban hashar wa qina min su'il hisab اللهم انا نسالك علما نافعا ورزقا واسعا وعملا متقبلا اللهم انا نسالك علما نافعا ورزقا طيبا وعملا متقبلا اللهم اني اعوذ بك من علم لا ينفع اللهم فقهني في الدين وعلمني الكتاب والحكمه والتاويل اللهم اسالك علما لا ينسى اللهم انفعنا بما علمتنا وعلمنا ما ينفعنا وزدنا علما اللهم زدنا ايمانا ويقينا وفقا وفهما وعلما اللهم ارزقنا علما ينفعنا وعملا يرفعنا ربي زدني علما ربي زدني علما ربي زدني علما اللهم اني اعوذ بك من الهم والحزن ونعوذ بك من العجز والكسل ونعوذ بك من الجبن والبخل ونعوذ بك من غلبة الدين وقهر الرجال اللهم اقسم لنا من خشيتك ما تحول به بيننا وبين معاصيك ومن العمل ما تبلغنا به جنتك ومن اليقين ما تهون به ما يهون به علينا مصائب الدنيا ومتعنا اللهم باسماعنا وابصارنا وقواتنا ابدا ما ابقيتنا واجعل الوارث منا واجعل ثارنا على من ظلمنا وانصرنا على من عادانا ولا تجعل الدنيا اكبر همنا ولا مبلغ علمنا ولا تجعل الدنيا ولا تجعل مصيبتنا في ديننا ولا تجعل الدنيا اكبر همنا ولا مبلغ علمنا ولا تسلط علينا من لم يرحمنا اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذ منه نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وانت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم ربنا هب لنا من ازواجنا وذرياتنا قره اعين واجعلنا للمتقين اماما ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلا للذين امنوا ربنا انك رؤوف رحيم ربنا تقبل منا انك انت السميع العليم وتب علينا انك انت التواب الرحيم اللهم اللهم ارحم موتانا وموت المسلمين واشف مرضانا وموت المسلمين اللهم انصر اللهم اعز الاسلام والمسلمين واذل الشرك والمشركين اللهم انصر المسلمين في سبيلك في كل مكان 
ربنا تقبل منا انك انت السميع العليم وتب علينا انك انت التواب الرحيم سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين امين ان شاء الله بليز ريمبر تو ستين جيز ان ذكر الدعاء بيفور افطار ذا دعاز ات افطار تايم ار اكسبتد